Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Base, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we unpack it and examine it from some different angles. And uh, we invite your contributions as well. We really would love to hear back from you. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback from our listeners. You can do that in a number of ways. Uh, you can reach us through our website, practicalbase.com, where you will also find our archive of back episodes. You'll find a feedback form where you can give us your comments. You can give us your ideas. If you are thinking about a topic that you'd like to hear covered, hey, we'd love to hear from you as well. That's not the only way you can reach us, though. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Google+, uh, on Twitter, and even on Instagram. And we invite you to uh, connect up with us and let us know your uh, thoughts and your feelings about uh, the practical aspects of playing bass. Subscribing to the podcast is really easy as well. If you have a an iPhone, you can simply go to the podcast's app. If you have an Android phone, you can use Google Play Music. You could use whatever your favorite podcast catching app is. You can use Stitcher Radio on any platform. Simply search for Practical Bass and you'll find our friendly black and white PB logo. That will let you receive a new episode direct to your device every week with a fresh topic. So um, this week is going to start a little bit differently. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about my friend Dave here, my co-host. Um, I've known Dave for a number of years. Uh, we were introduced through a mutual friend um, who just happened to mention that his friend played bass and was having the gig that night at a venue here in town. Uh, and he invited me to come along with him and I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't gigging that night. So I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go out and just relax on a night off and saw a really fantastic band that was like, it was like a great combination of like Neo soul R and B and a little bit of like hip hop, trip hop vibe. Yeah. It was very cool. And, uh, Dave was the bass player and he was fabulous. Um, really loved what he was doing. And, you know, I've seen things that Dave's been involved with over the years. Um, one of the things that he was doing uh, uh, as time went on is playing with uh, a great Beatles cover band here in town. Um, that's kind of their specialty. It's a, it's a variety of tunes from that era, but especially like two-thirds Beatles. Right. Um, phenomenal harmonies, uh, great musicianship, um, just a fantastic uh, band. And they also – it's all done – uh, with acoustic guitars, right? A small drum set, acoustic guitars, and you know, Dave's very tasty as a bass player, so it works out really well. And uh, thanks, I yeah, well, you, you deserve it, man. It's it's a it's a great gig and great guys to play with. So the interesting thing is, um, you know, Dave and I, like I said, we didn't really know each other that well. I, you know, I knew he was a great player, and you know, I had a chance to talk to him and and hang out with him before, but. Um, but then I remember you gave me a call one day and that's kind of where this story takes off. Yeah. And so at that point, um, I guess I would, I'd been playing with the, the Beatles cover band for about two years and, uh, I had actually never missed a gig, right? There was like this kind of rule that we eat, we book it if the whole band is there, if not, we don't play it. Um, whatever the case like is all for one, one for all. Right. Just to keep some consistency with the sound. 
And we hit this point about two years in where uh, there happened to be a gig that I really, I just couldn't make, but the pay was there and it, it opened up the opportunity for the other guys to be able to play if I could find a sub, which was tough for me because I really had to like figure out what's important because I, I feel like if, if, um, for me, as a band member, as a bassist, if I if I if I'm going to bring in a sub, I want to make sure that that sub is going to represent, you know, the quality that I bring to the play. I, you know, it's a matter of accountability, right? Not just like throwing a heartbeat with a bass guitar, having someone that can represent in, yeah. in a proper way. Yeah, it's not just like stick generic bass guy here or whatever, right? And it's fair not only to the audience or the hiring gig, but it's also fair to your, mostly to your bandmates. So I had to go through this list of really what's important, like just in general, what am I looking for, you know, before just starting to pluck certain names out of a hat. Right. Um, And one of those, uh, you know, I think right at the top, one of those pieces was someone that has the experience, someone that's, that I know plays out regularly, someone that I know has, you know, been around for long enough to have, um, you know, some polished skills on stage. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's kind of like what you're thinking of. You're, you're, you're starting from the, the perspective of, yeah, I know I'm going to have to have somebody fill this in. So right. would, like the first thing I'm thinking about is I need somebody who I know does stage work fairly regularly. Like, you know, right they're you know, that they have some background. Yeah. Because everything is about like easing not only you but the the bandmates, so that experience mm-hmm. certainly helps. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the other piece I was trying to think about is just really compatibility with the band. So yeah, you know, from a personality standpoint and from a sound standpoint, like who's you know who would fit, right? You know, so 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 in other words, uh, like I could envision, you know looking for a sub and you're thinking about, well, you know, there may be like a guy that, you know, is really, really talented and plays around a lot, but you know, maybe, you know, maybe your band is like, they're, they're kind of easy going, you know, really like laid back. Right. You've got somebody who's really kind of like, they might be high strung or, you know, very tightly wound um, or very, you know, like a precise person on the other hand, Right. right. You've got a band that, you know, maybe is very dialed in and they're very matter of fact and business oriented. Yes. And then you've got to, you know, and if you're thinking of a guy and, you know, oh, here's a player, but he's really kind of like seat of the pants, you know, yep. shoot from the hip, every other kind of like looseness cliche you can, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and how do you reconcile that? Right. And, and you can even look at, I mean, to that same point, really the compatibility of styles, Right. Mm-hmm. So you could have, um, I, I remember a situation, uh, where I was in a, a highly stylized band. It was like straight salsa. Yeah. And, a uh, you know, friend bassist, uh, I, I couldn't play a gig and I had to get a sub. Yeah. And I asked him and, you know, it was decent money. Um, and so it wasn't about the money, but his response was great. He just, said there's a lot of breaks and it's really difficult right and i said yeah 
And he said, yeah, I'm just not the guy. <laughs> and he's a much, I mean, in my opinion, a much better bass player, you know, musician and, you know, but he recognized from the front end, like it just wouldn't be a good fit. It would be such a struggle. Yeah. He's thinking like, that's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I'm going to have to learn in X amount of time. And right. how do I fit that in? Whereas it, if I pulled somebody maybe from like the salsa bass community, they're going to be able to fake it. They'll understand the feel. They'll understand like what those breaks are supposed to sound like. They've recognized some of the songs, yeah, what have you. So there's a, you know, different angles of that compatibility side. Um, and I think it's important also to, to bring on someone that, that knows shorthand. Um, and that will do the homework with the shorthand. You, like, you don't mean actual shorthand. Like I'm going to take a letter now and like, <laughs> you right. know, the st- stenography, right? right? Whatever. Not the old school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, okay. I'm, I'm literally taking notes in shorthand. I'll That's bet right. you there are people who do that. Yeah. Like I'll bet you there are people who can write. That would actually be a really cool skill to like be able to write that in your margins and whatnot. Super And efficient. look at it and be able to say, oh, I wrote myself a note here. Like in this little space, <laughs> you basically have, okay, wait three beats and then make sure you come in really hard on the upbeat or something like that. <laughs> right. And it and it looks like squiggle, squiggle, dot, whoosh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like the whoosh. Whoosh. <laughs> I obviously, I do not speak shorthand. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole bunch of squiggles and whooshes. I wonder what a podcast would sound like shorthand. <laughs> that would be odd. Yeah, maybe, or I guess maybe everybody could do that, right? They turn the speed up or something like that. Right. That's that's shorthand. That's podcast. shorthand. Okay, whatever. Little digression. Yeah, I guess it's there's a lot of um, when you're getting someone to cover you for you know whatever a three hour set, you've got twenty plus songs and. It's a lot of songs to learn in a short period of time for yeah. one gig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, if you think about being in a band, you spend you know a lot of time for that set just to put that set together, and you're asking somebody to do it quickly. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know commitments to a tour, you know, are such a big deal because there's a lot of rehearsals, a lot of work goes into that, and you know, I've heard of instances where something happens, right, like a tragedy or an injury or something. And it takes a player right out of a big gig like that. Somebody coming in and filling in for them on very short notice is a really big deal. Like right. you'll, you'll, when that happens, like you'll never, like you're, you're never going to hear anything out of like, you know, the, 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 the crew or the principals from the, the group or whatever, other than, oh my gosh, that guy was a hero or that gal was a heroine came in and like, you know, right. no time flat. They got up to the point where we could still hold the show. Right. Down. Like that's why that's such a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think like probably the last point generally is just overall professionality to include, are they going to come with the right gear? Are they going to be there on time? You know, they're the type of person to have, you know, are they going to be forgetting, you know, cables or do they have a, a reputation to be prepared, have the equipment for the gig? Just that in general, just overall kind of polished professional feel that that makes sense. And right. so for me, you know, when I started looking at all those pieces, I thought, Paul. Who me? Paul. <laughs> you. I'm pointing at Paul. You can't see, but you could a visual imagine. joke here. 
I wouldn't call that pointing, Dave. Was that, that is not the pointing finger either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> the right gesture for the right moment. That's going to get you in trouble on the road one day. That's all I'm saying. Oh, because I've been pointing at people all the time on the road. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you're you. awesome. Nice and car. Then like, and then they like <laughs> swerve over, it never, over into your lane. It never comes off right. Yeah. <laughs> now you know why. No, and, and so you and I, I think up to that point, it, it was just as you said, like we've had some conversations, yeah. um, you know, at shows or just whenever we randomly caught each other. And so I knew that just from like a, a an understanding of, you know, kind of similar behaviors and attitude toward music, you know, that we shared that. Um, and I had seen you play, so I knew that, you know, the, the sound was there, the gear was right, the, you know, the professionality. So that is very kind of you to say, Dave. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I mean it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be sincere. I'm, I have my radio voice on, so I can't it really, doesn't it doesn't sound sincere. <laughs> I sound like I'm making fun of you and I swear I'm not. <laughs> no, it was nice. It was nice to get that call. I, you know, it really, that meant a lot to me. I've, I've been asked to sub in a couple different places, not a ton of them, but you know, it's a, you know, we, we live in a small area. This isn't like, you know, a New York or a Nashville or somewhere like that, where you've right. got like a billion things happening all the time yeah. and everybody knows who the, who the people are that they want to call or whatnot. Like that's, you know, we're in a smaller, smaller town and, right. and, and so forth. And so that, that meant a lot to me, right. To get that call and, and, uh, and be asked to do that. And so, you know, from my perspective, and I guess here's, you know, this is like the handoff, right? right. So the, the handoff to me and the story. The other side of the story. <laughs> the other side of the story, which Meanwhile. is the, the paralyzing fear and right. doubt that comes with <laughs> getting that call. Should I, should I take this? Um, and it is a question that I think anybody in their right mind is going to ask, especially if, especially if it's early on, right? If you do it a lot, if you, if that's all you do is yeah. sub in for, for groups that, you know, they're, they're basically playing like, you know, 80 or 90% the same type of material or standards or whatever. And I don't mean like even in one genre, just, you know, if you're very broad and you cover a lot of standards for a lot of groups, yeah, that probably is a very regular way of life and you don't have that doubt. Right. But, you know, maybe the first, you know, the first time that you get a call like that, you're going to experience some doubt. Am I ready for this? Yeah. And I guess my advice would be, you know, something, you know, something cliche, like no pain, no gain, right. Or right. no, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right. Right. The greater the risk, the greater the reward, uh, and other platitudes that are going to sound meaningless to the audience. But <laughs> I mean, the point is that, you know, you got to put yourself out there if you want to get that experience. It's just like playing with other people broadens you as a bass player. Like you don't, Staying in your basement and practicing forever is right. not going to make you a great musician. Right. What makes you a great musician is not just learning the language, but being able to have a conversation. Right. And that's, that's the musical part. So, you know, for me, it's not that I'd mastered the language, but I think I was ready to put myself in a position of being, you know, challenged when I did my first sub gig. Right. And, you know, yours wasn't my first sub gig, but it was, you know, I, I hadn't done a whole boatload of them either. And I really liked the band, didn't want to disappoint them. So, of course, there's a little, you know, there's a 
There's always this kernel of worry and doubt. Am I going to do a good job? Are they going to like me? You know, are they going to come away from the gig feeling disappointed or upset? And is that going to come back on my friend Dave, right? Because you're bringing right. me in. So my one of my biggest concerns is don't let Dave down, right? right? And I think that's healthy up to a point. Right. Um, you know, you don't want it to become you know, truly paralyzing or overpowering, but it, you know, it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, and you know, what I do is I kind of, I try to take that, that fear or the uncertainty and kind of turn it into an action. Okay. Well, how can I make myself feel better about this? Yeah. How can I maximize my chance for success at the gig? Right. And so, you know, for me, it's like a series of steps. Um, I don't have this down to a science, but in thinking through this with Dave before the episode, you know, this is kind of what I came up with. And the first thing is, um, you know, obviously, you know, thank the person giving you the gig, but I think, you know, the first step after the convert after the initial conversation is, you know, once everything's settled and you know you're 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 doing it, um, contact the other guys in the band, like who at least whoever the leader or musical director is. Right. Um, so that they know you're on the case. Right. right. Like I'm here, I've got your back. I'm, you know, here's what I know about the gig. If there's anything else you think I need to know, shoot it my way. Give me a call. Here's my phone number. Yep. Here's my email. Make sure they know how to reach me and so on and so forth. Right. Right. Just getting in contact is step one. Right. Right. And then the next step I think is establishing some camaraderie, camaraderie with the band and, I'm kind of proceeding from the mindset of, you know, you don't necessarily get rehearsals for these kinds of things. Like you may not get any time with the guys before you show up. Right. Now, if you do, that's fantastic. But like the way this worked out with the, with your band is, um, you know, it was basically show up and do the show. Yeah. Cause we don't, we don't rehearse yeah you guys i mean you guys don't really rehearse regularly but you guys gig all the time so it's like it's always fresh i mean it's not right. like you guys are gonna forget between gigs because like you probably just saw each other two nights ago right. at most <laughs> i mean these guys gig all the time and just you know for the audience's sake you guys are are always playing i mean you're playing tomorrow night as a matter of fact right <laughs> um as we record this um so yeah so the so the you know the following steps they may be things that you do as you show up for the gig as in my case now yeah. if you get a rehearsal to do it that's great in my case it was show up uh you know and you know be on time show up on time yeah. right or in my case what that means is early right because right. as we've discussed right. elsewhere <laughs> if I'm on time I'm I feel late right <laughs> so but I try and establish some camaraderie with a camaraderie with the band like kind of set them at ease. I'm here for you guys. I got your back, you know, and, you know, here for you. How can I help you? Um, anything that you want to tell me, anything you think I should know that, you know, slipped your mind? Would it make you feel better if we went over a certain break or something like that, that you don't, you're not sure I'm going to get? Um, again, it's all about making them feel confident. Exactly. And when, once you open up that, the, the line of communication, it gives them an opportunity to think about like, oh, you know what? There's this song that we usually do. We probably won't do it. Kind of some of the, the clean, you know, those little notes that, you know, once you open up that line of communication, whether it's, you know, yeah. by a phone call or by email, but at least they can, 
you know, they could feel comfortable in reaching back out to you. Just logistics of the gig, um, you know, just what whatever whatever items at least they know that they can reach out to you. Right, right, exactly. And you know, and 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 so again, you know, thinking about this from the standpoint of showing up at the gig, you know, here's a little note for subs. If if one of the things that you hear is, oh, we're doing X, like we're doing this song, we're going to do such and such, and you haven't planned on it because you didn't know about it before, right? don't freak out, right? That's a good rule of thumb. Yep. Don't freak out. The first words out of your mouth shouldn't be, I didn't learn that, right? Yeah. Take it easy. You, you, get, you know, if you got a few minutes, you know, ask, oh, what key do you do that in? Uh, yeah, can, you know, can you do a little spot of that here before our sound check just so I can hear what's going on? Right. You know, be upfront about it, but don't like, don't let that shake your confidence. It'll be okay. Right. right. Yeah. Um, you know, and also a part of opening that communication line is letting them know that you're open to feedback, right? If you're like, you want to know, like when I showed up, I wanted to know, um, am I, am I loud enough? Am I too loud? Right. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Um, you know, am I, is my voice balance? Okay. Am I, you know, yeah. hitting the mic good enough or am I hitting it too hard or, you know, whatever. Right. Or even, you know, you know, do you guys, how are you, how are you guys feeling after the first set? Like, do you feel okay? And things right. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, being inviting feedback and then most importantly, when you invite the feedback, be willing to listen to whatever you hear because it may not be what you want to hear. Yeah. Right. What you want to hear, of course, is, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Right. It was great. It was fantastic. It's like Dave was here or whatever. Right. right. And that's fantastic to hear, but you're not always going to hear that. And so you have to be ready for, well, you're a little loud or eh, you're a little pitchy. Um, your voice is a little pitchy. So you know, be careful of, if you don't know the line, don't feel like you have to sing, like be ready for things like that. That's right. Because even though, you know, I think from, from the band's perspective, there, there is a little bit of built in anxiety about not having the normal bassist or whatever musician, but let's just say bassist in this case. So when it's, when it's done a little bit differently, it's not that it's, you know, it's not to be taken as criticism that that's the wrong way to do it. It's just that they're, the band is asking for, this is normally how it is. How, this is what makes us comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not everyone is good at giving that feedback or how, what, however that comes out, you just kind of have to accept it yeah. as just that. Like yeah. they're just trying to get it to what it normally sounds like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're used to having a certain kind of conversation. And if it's a different, if you have a different dialect. Yep you have to be prepared for there to be some, you know, some settling in or whatever. Right. Um, I think the best way to, to help ease that is, you know, just be prepared when you show up, right? This is another point. Yeah. Be prepared. Do your homework. I mean, you talked about, you know, you reach out to somebody that you think is going to do the homework. And I would say as the guy receiving the call, be willing to invest the time Yeah. and, and put some time into it and do the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. There are some bands where you show up and everyone knows what it is, right? It's going to be a free form improvisation around some standards or some changes or whatever that everybody knows. 
you know, that's maybe a different a different kind of animal. Yeah. In this case, it's a band that has a prepared set list and they do the songs a certain way. And so, you know, for me, yep. my homework was listening back to the recordings of the show. Yeah. And um paying attention to how they carry off changes and how they carry off song structures. Yeah. And taking a couple quick notes on that that I'd have available, you know, nearby if I needed to, you know, if I needed to open my notepad or something like that. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, being ready and playing through the songs, just making sure I was, you know, comfortable with them and not going to be practicing them on stage before each song or something like that. Something goofy oh, like that. Right. Yeah. And um, I even yeah. actually, in, and in that, in, in this situation, I remember that there was one point, maybe about a week or so before the gig. I can't remember if I reached out to you or you reached out to me, whatever the, whatever it was, but um, you had basically asked just to kind of go through the list with me, right? And and go through the songs. And what what impressed me is that when I sat down with you, we were at your place and you had the list in front of you and it's, it wasn't, I realized like it was, you'd, you'd been through the list because you pointed out like certain parts of certain songs that you were, and it was like less than a handful. It was like maybe three or four parts. Yeah. So like not waiting until you got there to say, okay, so, um, I got your list. I haven't looked at it, but Hey, let's look right. at it now. You know, I didn't want right. to do that. <laughs> I wanted to be like, okay, if you're coming over, I should like, here's the part that I've done. Right. Here's where I'm having a difficulty or whatever and yep. need your help. Like, I don't want to waste your time because you've handed me the gig. I'm getting paid for that gig and you're not. So I'm not going to have you do half my work, right? And then take all the pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's just my, that was my thinking yeah. about it. But yeah, and I think, so yeah, I mean, we've talked about, so we talked about homework. We talked about the feedback. Um, uh you know, I think that this goes for every gig, but especially for a sub gig. Um, and it's why you, I think you need to be a more experienced player to be a good sub because you have to be able to take yourself away from your own playing. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, if I'm going to be a, if I'm going to be a good sub, I can't be looking down, watching myself play bass, making sure that I'm hitting the right notes. Like, where's my hand? What right. note is that, that I'm going to hit? If I have to, concentrate at that level on my playing i can't watch the band which means i'm going to miss things that they are going to cue me for right. or you know or deliver a nice good signal yep. i'm going to be completely off that frequency yep right i'm not going to get the sign i'm you know i'm only human and you know chances are going to forget something and right. that's why those cues are there right a good band will deliver cues to the sub they're going to be here's where that big break comes Right. And if you're not watching them when that happens, you know, you come off looking really foolish. Right. And you can be, it's very easy to get stuck where like a change was supposed to happen and you're drilling through in another place. And if you're super focused on what you're playing, it's, it's easy where you just end up in a place where you're just playing something different and you don't even realize it until like after that part, you're like, that, that whole thing sounded kind of weird. And then you realize like another change happened and you're completely off track. Yeah, and now you're, now it's gone and now your confidence is rattled. Right. And now you start making other mistakes, like making yeah. mistakes, just trying to get back to where you were before that one mistake. 
Right. Um, just digging the hole deeper. So, yeah. just so, yeah. And because if your eyes are open and if you're watching body language and those cues, even if you realize like you're missing whatever, you know, whatever part, at least you'll have the body language there to know to at least back off maybe, or, you know, kind of quietly figure out where you're at and then yeah. hop back on. Yeah. And then get back on the train. Yeah. So that listening is really important. And, you know, I think the last thing is no matter what happens during the gig, right? No matter how many mistakes get made yeah, and no matter, how, you know, how well you do or how poorly you do, no matter whether you had a great time or you had a terrible time, yeah. no matter whether you're feeling good about yourself or bad about yourself when you are done, always thank the band for letting you sit in right? Because you yeah. just had a growth experience, whether it was a good one or a bad one, right? You had the ability to kind of like determine, you know, in some way how good or bad it was going to be. Like you had an influence on it, but you can't control everything. Sure. What you can control coming out of it is how you're perceived, right? And right. hopefully perceived as somebody, again, easy to work with, and if you're easy to work with, people are going to want to work with you, right? Because right. people want to work with people who are easy to work with. That's right. Yeah, it's e it's easy to get, especially if you're um, a more emotional player and you feel like a couple things went wrong and you're focused in on that. It's really easy to fall into that trap where you end the set instead of like a positive, like, hey, thanks so much. You know, maybe they joke around joke around a little bit about where the slip-ups were or whatever and you're at that like lighter place and you're appreciative and versus like getting caught in that trap where you know you're kind of like just down and out about the the little hiccups that happened focused on that and you know making com making outward comments about how man that was rough or that didn't turn out well but <laughs> like, yeah. and it happens it's just like it's it's human nature and it's yeah. our personalities and you know it's easy to get down on yourself or maybe you're upset about something else that happened on stage and, and with the professionality just keeping it you know yeah keeping yeah. it right keep it on the professional level because that's how you want again that's how you want to be perceived so you right. have to you have to put yourself at that level and the professional way to to conduct yourself is to you know when you get done you always thank somebody for the opportunity right just like it was a job interview or whatever so that's right so that's a good place to wind up i think for uh, for this episode um i hope you guys have enjoyed this little chat about subbing i mean it's clearly um you know we're coming at this from a perspective but we're also interested in your experiences as a sub have you been asked to sub for somebody what were you thinking what were you feeling how did you deal with it how did you deal with it before the gig or after these are all um, questions and answers that you guys, the listeners, are going to have. And they're going to be different experiences from us, and we really want to hear from you about uh, about those experiences. So uh, please get in touch with us. You can visit us at the website practicalbase.com, and there's a feedback section, a contact section, and you can send us some uh, some mail through our contact form there. Uh, we also would love to hear from you uh, via our Facebook page. You can find us as Practical Base there as well, facebook.com slash Practical Base. You can find us on Google+. Plus. You can find us on Twitter, even on Instagram. Um, and again, our business is about making your business as a bass player better. We want to elevate your gigs and gear. And that means a discussion, right? Not just us talking to you, but hearing back from you as well and uh, hearing about the things that you're interested in. 
So uh, we hope you'll take advantage of that. Um, if you haven't already, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, which again, you can find instructions for that at the website. We are on the podcasts app on Apple as well as iTunes. We are on Google Play Music. We're on Stitcher Radio or your favorite podcatching application on whatever device or computer that you happen to be using. And that'll get you a fresh episode delivered weekly straight to you. No must, no fuss. We deliver every Wednesday. And uh, we would love to uh, we'd love to hear from you about uh, how you're enjoying uh, how you're enjoying these episodes as we go. So until next time, I am Paul W. Fields. I am David C. Guzman. And this has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. You could just say, I'm not going to say that I told you so. And that's it. And that's it. You stop. That's it. But I told you so. No, that's where you fail. So right there. Right. You yeah, say, you I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to tell you I told you so. Done. Silence <laughs> is golden. Silence. <laughs> Total fucking silence. Two can play that game, smart guy. Mm-hmm.